Let's go. 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 Let's Welcome to NBA University. It is part three of four. We're doing the South region. Mid- Midwest. Midwest. There you go. <laughs> um, we're going to do the Midwest. That is North Carolina and Kentucky's um, region. This is probably going to be the most competitive one where either the first, the top three seeds survive through it or um, it's going to be crazy filled with upsets. So... This one's going to be a little bit difficult to predict, um, but we're going to start with breaking down the Kentucky Abilene Christian matchup. Um, and since Zach, you have Kentucky, I'll let you start first. Yeah, so I mean, we've talked plenty about Kentucky all year. Um, I'm sure most of you are probably sick of them, like I am. But uh, they their their team is good because of their size inside and their uh, their big's ability and athleticism to. Like, P.J. is basically playing like a guard now, P.J. Washington, and Reed Travis is back in close to 100%, it looks like, which is um, pretty important for them. You might be a little worried about their rough stretch. I say rough, but, I mean, it's a four-point win over Mississippi. Uh, pretty bad loss at Tennessee. Bad loss in that they got crushed, not that losing to Tennessee is a bad thing. Um, and then another loss to Tennessee in the SEC tournament. Um, so, they definitely weren't playing their best basketball, I don't think, the last five games or so. Um, but I think that was more just not having Reed and then getting him back and acclimated into the system again. Um, so don't be too worried about their last couple games, in my opinion. But uh, Kentucky's going to win by by utilizing their size and their athleticism. Uh, when you throw in Tyler Hero and Kelton Johnson into that mix, you have just a lot of long athletic bodies. A bunch of guys that can score in a bunch of different ways. Tyler Hero looks incredible lately. Pretty much the second half of the season, he's been like the player they expected and some more even um, kind of taking over from Keldon Johnson and taking that go-to guy, uh, uh, big shot taker, big shot maker role. Um, so down the stretch in the tournament, he's going to be very important. Keldon Johnson looks like he got his swagger back a little bit too in that Tennessee game in the SEC tournament. Um, he... At least to me, he looked like he was back to his old self. Uh, he had 15 points in that game and six rebounds and just looked close to normal, at least. Uh, but I think the biggest question for me with Kentucky is Ashton Hagens. Uh, he's started to score a little bit more, but in the same time, I think he's playing. I think he's regressed a little bit in terms of how he's played overall. Um, he started out the season so good with his defense and just getting into the lane and kicking it out, um, but couldn't shoot at all, really. And now it's his defense is kind of taking a step back, um, and he's starting to score a little bit more. So I think he needs to find a happy medium there. Uh, really, my only reservation with Kentucky is just their point guard play, because Emmanuel quickly is a backup point guard, and he's just a straight uh, scorer off the bench. So um, really, the only guy to initiate the offense and make plays and and get them into their stuff is is Ashton Higgins and him getting into the lane and finishing around the rim uh, and distributing 
thing and making plays for other people is going to be huge for them down the stretch. Yeah, and I think that it matters more for that to happen in later rounds, uh, not necessarily this round. Uh, I know the whole goal right now is for me to argue Adeline Christian to win, um, but it's going to be difficult because um, at the end of last month, um, two of Abilene, Abilene Christian's uh, best players were dismissed from the team. So Jalone Friday and BJ Maxwell. Uh, Jalone Friday is the, their best player uh, by far. And then BJ Maxwell is their point guard. Uh, guard mix. So um, losing those two guys is going to be tough to like replace. That's about 22 points a game that they're scoring um, and bringing threats all around the court. So um, without them, it's going to be difficult. But the way they, their style of play is that they're, they're a good three-point shooting team, um, top 20 in the country at that, uh, and they like to turn teams over defensively. So really uh, jump passing lanes, uh, be physical on ball, try to um, get steals on ball as well. So uh, their aggressiveness defensively leads to a lot of transition and um, they like to pull up from three in transition. Um, the problem with their defense is that they're so aggressive, they foul a ton. So a team like um, Kentucky that has good, strong players that can get to the rim and finish through contact and have a lot of foul shots throughout the game. Um, and if Adeline Christian's not hitting their shots, it's not going to be close. Um, so I think this is a really tough one for them. Yeah, and the historical nugget, uh, Kentucky is 11-0 under John Calipari as a one or a two seed in the first round. Um, they tend to play those games pretty close, uh, but they do pull them out, at least in, in the recent history, they've pulled them out 11 times so far. So um, I don't think you have anything to worry about there. But I, I think uh, the potential second-round matchup, which we will get to, obviously, in, shortly, but um, – seeing a team that they lost to on a buzzer beater and have a really sour taste in their mouth in Seton Hall possibly uh, playing them in the second round will be even more fuel to the fire for Kentucky. Um, so I think they're in a pretty good spot, and obviously we're both going to pick Kentucky to win. Yeah, and a fun fact about this, it's the Wildcats versus the Wildcats. Um, so. There you go. <laughs> um, Would have never guessed in a million years Abilene Christian's mascot that was the Wildcat. So throw that out. <laughs> Too. <laughs> yeah, um, but so let's jump to the to the second matchup um, of Wofford uh, versus Seton Hall. Uh, I have Wofford, so I'll, I'll start with them. Uh, so Wofford has started the season uh, and really challenged North Carolina. It was the first game of the season. Um, ended ended up losing by eleven, but we're in it the entire game. Um, really pushed them to the end, and then. Really had a, a tough non, non-conference schedule, um, playing teams like Oklahoma, Kansas, South Carolina, uh, Mississippi State, and outside of Kansas, they played each and every one of those really tough, and even beating South Carolina. Um, so the, their style of play is, um, they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. Um, so as a team, they're shooting 42% from three, which is absolutely insane. Um, and with that, their effective field goal percentage is nearly 60%. 
So you typically see that with um, some of the best three-point shooters or uh, a post player that just finishes everything above the rim. So as a team, they're insanely efficient offensively, and they really take care of the ball. So I think that's what makes them really effective offensively. And then uh, defensively, they really get out and run people off the three. So they make you put it on the floor and finish uh, around um, contesting everything around the rim. And then they finish possessions. So they're a really, really good defensive rebounding team. Um, so they really complete. They're a really complete team and play a lot as a team. But really, they're led by um, Cam Jackson and Fletcher McGee. Uh, Fletcher McGee has. Here, I'll give you a guess here. How, how many threes do you think he's taken on the year? Uh, 283. He's taken 322 threes. Wow. <laughs> In 30 That's games. That's quite a bit. <laughs> so. Absolutely insane, but he's shooting 42% from three. So an absolute dead eye, um, someone that if you don't get to him, he's going to knock it down. And he's got good size at 6'4", uh, so he can shoot over smaller guards. Uh, but he, I mean, him, uh, Trey Holloway comes off the bench, he's shooting 45% from three. Then you got Nathan Hoover, um, another sort of wing guard combo shooting 46% from three. And don't forget about the point guard, Storm Murphy, um, who's shooting 51% from three. So, Is that all? <laughs> yeah. And it's not like these guys Everybody aren't shooting. Else, they play with six guys, seven guys, what the hell? <laughs> um, well, they, that is another advantage that they have is they play with a ton of guys. Um, so they're playing with 10, basically, in the rotation. Uh, Donovan... Uh, Don, Donovan Love, we'll go with that one. Um, <laughs> um, he's he doesn't really play as much, uh, but everyone else is really in in the rotation, um, and playing well together. And they all all play that that outside in game, where they can shoot the three um, really outside of Keep Aluma. Um, he's really their their big that rebounds the ball well and um, protects the rim. So, uh, Wofford's a dangerous team, they, just because of their shooting ability, but they play slow, and they rebound well, so possessions are going to be light, and I think they're a team that can really um, make, a, make a pretty good run here. So, um, before I get to Seton Hall, two things. I think, first of all, Fletcher McGee, I don't even think he's their best player, because I think uh, Jackson is. Um, and but I do think that Fletcher McGee is the most important player. I think he has a lot, like, not at all comparing him to ability level to this, but, like, how Clay helps the Warriors just by you always have to – and J.J. Redick helps the Sixers. Like, you just have to know where they are on the court, and it draws eyes and attention to them as cutters. So the other guys kind of get a free run to the rim without as much help. Um, and actually, Fletcher McGee's, like, sports hero is J.J. Redick, and I swear to God, he imitates him to a T. The way he comes off screens, the way he contorts his body when he shoots, like literally everything about his jump shot reminds me of JJ. Um, and obviously how well he's shooting it and how many he's made and everything. Very similar to JJ Redick at college and even now. Um, but with that being said, 
I'm about to try to sell you on Seton Hall by using no numbers because their numbers are actually atrocious. Um, <laughs> so, so Seton Hall has 14 losses on the year right now. Nine of them came within two possession games, um, and only two of them came by more than eight points. <laughs> they were really bad ones. Uh, they lost by 28 to Villanova and 23 to Nebraska, uh, second game of the year. So if you throw those two games out, pretty much they've been within a couple buckets of every single game. Um, a lot of, They've lost by one like four times. So they're, they're in literally every game. And I think that's super important when March is around. Um, just having a chance in the game and having literally needing to put the ball in the hoop one or two times uh, is, and being in those situations is super important. So uh, when I think of Seton Hall, Obviously, you think of Miles Powell, right? Like, one of the better scorers, one of the better guards in the country. Um, another big shot taker, big shot maker. He's, I, had, I think he's had, I think he had two legit buzzer beaters this year. Obviously, the one against Kentucky. I think he had one other one I can't remember. I think it was like, uh, oh, do you remember who it was? It wasn't it like the next week? Like, I, I think it was St. John's. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, well, I'm. Yeah, well, is that a play where St. John inbounded the ball and oh. actually got deflected off of Seton Hall, but yeah, the game was really bad call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he came down and nailed that. Um, but, anyways, actually, that might have been Miles' scale. All right, regardless, Seton Hall's get a buzzer beaters. Um, so when I think of uh, their team, I also think of defenders, really, really solid defenders. Quincy McKnight, um, I think, is their best defender. Uh, Miles Kale is pretty good too, but Quincy McKnight has has had the task of guarding guys like Shamori Pons, Marcus Howard, um, and he's done pretty well against all of them. Phil Booth, he's held his own in, in pretty much all those matchups. Um, so he's going to take the task of guarding uh, Fletcher McGee, I would assume, and then I think Miles Kale will guard Cam Jackson. And, um, and I, I just like that matchup for Seton Hall. I think Seton Hall is a team that's built to win a game like this. Um, and built to just cause problems for teams in March. Um, like I said, if you look at their numbers, you think this team stinks. And honestly, there are games this year where I did think this team stunk. I, I remember we talked about the them at the beginning of the year in that Kentucky game. I thought Seton Hall was a joke, but here I am picking Seton Hall in my, my bracket in March after thinking they weren't even going to be here. Um, but just to, to give some numbers, so... Seton Hall is one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country. They only shoot 32% as a team. With that being said, I'm pretty sure if I had to pick a, a shooter uh, um, to make a three at the end of the game, I'd pick Miles Powell. Um, so regardless of the numbers, I think that they just, they're just they just meant to win this game. Um, I think they're a really good fit to, to guard Wofford and make it tough on Wofford. And um, Wofford's really good. I don't want to say anything differently, but... Um, and they've, they've been battle-tested this year. they played really good teams to start the year. It's the same team that beat North Carolina last year pretty much, um, and they hung in tough with North Carolina again this year. Uh, so Wofford's really good. I think this is just the game that Seton Hall matches up really well and sneaks this out in like a one-possession, another super close game that Seton Hall just loves to play in. So we got our first disagreement here. Nice. <laughs> um, as good as Seton Hall is defensively, uh, they were playing Big East teams. Um, and when you think of Big East, really it's Marquette and that's it, who can shoot the ball, um, at least consistently. Um, how did they do against Marquette this year? 
Uh, so their last game they played in the Big East against them, they won 81-79 in the Big East, uh, what was that, semifinals. March 6th, they played them and beat them 73-64. Um, and they lost at Marquette on January 12th by 4, 70-66. So 2-1 and one overall this year. Okay. So Wofford is a much better shooting team than Marquette. Um, and even though they can throw a guy at Fletcher McGee and try to shut him down. Nathan Hoover and Star Murphy are better shooters. Um, and then if they have a lineup of, they can go small, have Cam Jackson at the five and bring in Trey Holloway. Uh, that's a ton of shooting where the floor is so spaced. Um, and they play so slow that Seton Hall tends to try, when, when they're playing well, they're getting up and down. Um, they're getting more possessions because they're not efficient offensively. So with Wofford slowing the, the pace down um, and really just knocking down the majority of their shots, it, it gets frustrating. Um, you play 25 seconds of good defense and then someone hits a three, you're demoralized. And that's what Wofford does really well. Uh, and then they come back and just play solid defense. Um, and the biggest thing is they rebound well. And that, a lot of times that, that's what comes down to. Um, you look at Baylor a few years ago um, when they played BYU, got out-rebounded and lost by like 10 or 15. So um, I think the rebounding thing is really important. And they have enough shooters that even if someone's not shooting it well or they got a little jitters, someone's going to step up. So for me, I think Wofford wins this one. Uh, and it's going to be close. But... Um, the way Wofford plays, uh, especially how much of a team, they, uh, as much of a team they play together, um, and with Cam Jackson, he's a basically he's a stretch four, um, but has an assist rate of 20, 26, 25 uh, percent. So he's on a quarter of his possessions he's assisting, uh, which is really unheard of in college basketball for a forward. Um, so I, I just really like this Wofford team. Yeah, so I was just looking at um, – I'm just trying to look at their losses and, like, see what happened. And so each one of their losses, they were outshot from the three-point line and shot a pretty poor uh, percentage. So luckily for them, Seton Hall doesn't shoot it well from three, like I said. Um, they also don't defend the three too well. Um, and Ken Palm's on your side also and has Wofford by five. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with you in this one, but I'm telling you, I just have some gut. It's just, literally just a gut feeling that Seton Hall's going to win the game. Um, I want Wofford to win the game. I think Wofford's the better team, but I just have a weird intuition that Seton Hall's going to win. Okay. Well, I got nothing to back it up. Like I said, <laughs> I have literally no numbers that support anything I'm saying, but I just, it's just a gut feeling. I also think Wofford has a lot to prove, um, trying to earn that seven seed even though I thought they should have been a six. Uh, I still think teams look at them as a mid-major and kind of laugh it off that they're a seven seed, um, thinking they should be double digits. But um, where, Where is that game, by the way? Do you know? Uh, I think it's in Jacksonville. Yeah, it, could be wrong. it definitely is in Jacksonville. All right. Not that that has any effect on anything. I was just curious. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but yeah we'll go we'll go Wofford there. Okay, so we're technically split on that, but um, 
Yeah, but I have no statistical proof, so (laughs) the the stats say Wofford. So that moves us up to the um, next matchup, which Houston is playing. Georgia State. Georgia State, that's right. Um, R.J. Hunter's dad, Ron Hunter, is still the coach there. Um, this year he's healthy, so if they win, he won't have to hurt himself by falling off his chair with his popped Achilles <laughs> from last time they were in there. <laughs> yeah. um, so <laughs> this team uh, – oh, do you want to go first since you have the higher seed or better seed? Well, you already started, so you can keep going. <laughs> I only said so this team. <laughs> but um, so, so this team has uh, – in my opinion, they have four shooters. One guy doesn't shoot it too much. Uh, one guy that shoots it a lot is only shooting 29% three. But um, their, their three best shooters uh, have taken 173, 178, and 167 threes. Uh, and they shoot 42%, 42%, and 40%, respectively. So really good shooters. They have another guy that's shooting 42% on 30 threes and another guy shooting 49% on 45 threes. Um, so they space the floor, uh, and they have to because <laughs> for, like, 90% of the game, they're not going to have a guy in the game that's over 6-6. So they really, really, really need to space the floor, really need to make jump shots and just utilize um, as much room on the court as they can, especially against a team like Houston. Um, so obviously they shoot it really well from three, 38% as a team overall. Um, interestingly, another team that shoots a terrible from the free throw line, 65% while being a really good three point shooting team. And those are the type of teams that just piss me off. Cause that's just not that you can't be a bad free throw shooter when you're a good shooter. Um, the defense is a little inconsistent. They play a good amount of zone. Um, they really just throw junk defenses out, out there and try to just muck up the game as much as they can and make it tough. Obviously, with having a pretty small team, they need to utilize as much uh, help and double teams and just try to make the the offense think as much as they can um, in order to to defend the paint. Um, But they they haven't really played too many big big games. They beat St. Bonaventure. Um, They beat Georgia pretty good. Alabama, they got by three. But really, other than that, they lost to Kansas State and Liberty, who are both in the field. Obviously, they lost to Montana, who's in the field as well. Um, so the better teams that they've played, they haven't fared too well against. Uh, only had to play two games in their conference tournament to win. But coming off a five-game winning streak um, and the team that can just absolutely shoot the lights out, it's very, very similar to the Georgia State team that knocked off. Oh, baby. I think Michigan State. No. That might be, you know? No, it wasn't Michigan State. Um I knew this was going to come up as soon as you started talking about Georgia State, and I can't remember now. How about what year was R.J. Hunter drafted, 2016 or 2017? 16. 15? Liar. <laughs> Not 17 either, so it must be 15. I th- yeah, I think it is 15. Baylor. They beat Baylor. That's right. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a very similar team to that, one that just absolutely shoots the lights out um, and has a go-to guy like – they don't have the go-to guy like RJ, but they have a bunch of shooters, obviously. Um, and actually, I'm just looking at the stats right now. RJ Hunter only shot 30% from three that year. So, um, But yeah, this this team, in order to beat Houston, they're going to need to just completely rely on jump shooting. Uh, they're going to need to make pretty much every shot they look at because I think Houston's a very formidable opponent. But um, if they shoot it well, they're going to give themselves a chance. And defensively, they're a horrible rebounding team, obviously being small. Um, give up a ton of offensive rebounds and second-chance buckets. 
and allow their opponents to shoot, or I guess not allow, but force their opponents to shoot a lot of threes. Um, 40, pretty much half their, half their opponent's shots come from threes. So um, they're not making a ton of them, only shooting 33%. Their opponents are only shooting 33%. So they force them into tough shots. Like I said, just a lot of athletic, smaller uh, bodies that just kind of get up into you and underneath you and, and make it tough. But um, they really need to rebound in this game. Yeah, so the things Georgia State do well um, and the things they do poorly. So the things they do well, Houston does even better um, <laughs> as far as – so, Georgia State's a really good shooting team. Um, Houston's the second best three-point defending team in the country. Um, they hold um, teams to just about 27% from three. Uh, and then Georgia State's poor at rebounding. And um, Houston is 20th in the country in offensive rebounding. So, everything uh, Georgia State didn't want to see in a team they got in Houston. Uh, so I just think this is a really bad matchup for Georgia State, and I think Houston is just going to uh, really dominate this matchup. Um, probably going to be one of the few uh, double-digit games uh, double-digit games in the first round. Um, so, I mean, Houston just will get them into them more because I think they easily win this game. But led by Corey Davis, uh, they're just all all around a really good team. Like I said, defend the three really well, um, but can score at all three levels and really have no problem um, with most of the year uh, playing against a lot of good teams, but just really handling everyone that they played against. Yeah, the only thing, I agree, I think Houston wins this game. Um, the only thing I'll caution you on, and I didn't really look into this until I heard Ron Hunter talking on uh, the Bracketology show earlier today, but this Georgia State team returns literally every single player from their team last year, and they were a 15 seed last year. And funny enough, played Cincinnati, who was the two seed, who's more or less a polar spitting image of um, of Houston, and plays the exact same way. So he he felt strongly that that experience last year is going to help them out big time this year. Obviously, as a coach, he's not going to say, "Yeah, we're going to get our butt kicked," but um, I think that there is definitely something to that, and that having the ex- literally exact same roster. Like, they returned every single person. Um, I think that will play a, a little bit of a role and help keep it close. But I think Houston's just too good in the end. And Houston's defense, for me, is significantly better than Cincinnati's was last year. Cincinnati was a lot bigger than Houston. Um, they had, like, Gary Clark and uh, Kyle Washington, the two bigs that just dominated the paint. And then Jaron Cumberland was the third option, pretty much. Um, and they even had Jacob Evans, too. So... Houston was a, or sorry, Cincinnati was a lot different last year than Houston is this year, I think. Um, and and Houston's just not a good matchup for Georgia State, so I got Houston also. Yeah, um, and funny that you bring up the coach with what they said because um, I just heard today um, Lavelle Moton, the NC Central coach, yeah, um, had a press conference um, saying the one team he doesn't want to play. Um, because it's like playing his son or something like that, um, was Duke. <laughs> Funny enough, if they win, they will be playing Duke. Just saying. And then in the same 
thing. There was someone, I think, like Sports Illustrated, put out a press conference, put out a headline from that press conference saying like Lavelle Moen doesn't want to play Zion or is afraid of Zion or something. And then he said, um, he responds to that saying, "I only fear God." And then someone, obviously, how Twitter works, responded saying, "So you admit you fear Zion?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he dug himself a little bit of a hole there, but. Um, <laughs> That's beside the point. Houston's going to beat Georgia State, and yeah. that'll bring us to, uh, what do we got? Ohio. Iowa State and Ohio State. Yeah. Set up 10 times fast. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, very interesting matchup. Ohio State <clears throat> um, kind of backed their way into the into the tournament. Didn't play great at the end of the season. Um, went basically 2-5, two and, two and or I guess 2-8. and eight. To end the season. Um, Those last three games were without Caleb Weston, though, from suspension. So that was pretty – well, like the three games before the Big Ten tournament. So that's pretty important for their team. Yeah. But still, that without with – oh, Yeah, they still stunk before that. <laughs> but, like, with or without Caleb Weston, you can't lose to eight, by 18 to Northwestern. Um, sure. <laughs> but, I mean, they still have a lot of good pieces. Um, so they're a really good defensive team. Uh, they play well together. They like to share the ball offensively, um, get to the free throw line, and, and really knock it down as a team. Uh, but the so basically, they start CJ CJ Jackson at point. Um, sometimes he gets a little um, too much. He does too much with it with the ball in his hands really tries to attack and sometimes carry the team, which can be positive or negative depending on how he's playing. Um, and then they brought Keyshawn Woods um, from the bench to starting sort of halfway through the year. Um, and he's really good for them, just been around college mm-hmm. basketball for five years. Playing really I remember well. two people talking about him maybe a few months ago. wonder who those guys were. <laughs> Interesting how that works. Yeah. So they brought him in the starting lineup. Um, playing really well for them. And then also have another freshman, or have a freshman in the, in the starting lineup with uh, Luther Muhammad, who is one of my favorite players on the team. Uh, does everything for them. Isn't going to do a ton of one thing. Just really defends the best player. Um, can knock down open threes. He's one of the best three-point shooters. And can handle the ball, play a little uh, pseudo point guard as well for them. Um, and then in the front court now is the Wesson brothers, um, Andre and Caleb. Um, if you look at them, you wouldn't think they were brothers. Caleb's a big monster. It's six nine two seventy, and then Andre is lean, cut six six two twenty. So uh, very different. Played very different, but Caleb Wesson's definitely the best player right now. Um, and he really needs to get going uh, in the tournament for Ohio State to win this game uh, because he has, a, he has a tough matchup with Michael Jacobson. Um, so whoever wins that matchup is going to be huge uh, for the end result. Yeah, so obviously I'm going to talk about Iowa State. Was, I was the leader of the bandwagon, the train conductor, early in the year, and then my train fell apart pretty much. Um, they... <laughs> 
You want to talk about a team backing their way into a tournament? They go six and eight down the stretch, or six, they, sorry, two and eight down the stretch, and just choke so bad, and then uh, run off the Big Twelve tournament. So, and beating in the Big Twelve tournament, beating three tournament teams in Baylor, Kansas State, and Kansas, um, and turned turned Hilton South into the real Hilton. It felt like, uh, and had their Hilton magic follow them. But um, I think. <laughs> I love this team on paper, but I have no idea what team shows up every single game. I just, like, it's so hard to bet on them, and I would love to say that I could see them in the Final Four, and I really could, but I could also really see them losing by 20 to Ohio State. Um, so you have to be cautious with this team. If you get the team that showed up in the Big 12, I'm telling you they will make a lot of noise in this tournament. If they pl- If they're engaged defensively, and unfortunately, they're one of the teams that their defense comes from their offense instead of the other way around. Um, I, I love teams that play good defense and then their offense just works out because of their engagement on the defensive end. Iowa State's the exact opposite. Um, so if they're, And they have a bunch of guys that like to get their own shots. Like uh, Taylor Horton Tucker loves to shoot the ball way too much, um, which is driving me nuts. But Wigington shoots a lot, and Mariel Shayak likes to get his own shot too. So... Um, those guys, I think, I think they're all really good players, but I think they kind of just suck the life out of each other and hurt their overall team defense in the end. Um, Mariel Shack's a guy that I think won ACC defensive player of the year when he was at Virginia. Not, don't quote me on that, but he was at least on the all defensive team. Uh, so he can really lock in defensively. Um, Jacobson's been a good defender for them. Nick Weatherbab is their starting point guard at six, five. I mean, you don't have many guys like that. He's so long and athletic. Tyrese Halliburton's list. Wait, what? He's six five. Their starting point guard, and then Taylor Taylor Horton Tucker's their starting power forward at six four. At six four, yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways, what like forty pounds more? Yeah. Uh, but my favorite part is Tyrese Halliburton's listed at six five, but his arms hit the ground when he walks, so he's got to be at least six seven or six eight. Oh yeah, he, um, no, so I think he's six seven. Easily, um, because he's bigger than. And Shayok and Shayok six six and I don't Taylor Horton Tucker is bigger than six four. Like I understand he's not that tall, but he's bigger than six four. <laughs> um, but anyways, that's beside the point. So uh, Iowa State's a really efficient offense. Believe it or not, <laughs> they're a top ten offense. Um, even though they take bad shots from time to time, they force the issue quite a bit, um, and they really just—I still don't think they completely understand how to play together yet. I can't use the excuse that Wigginton was hurt because that was about 30 games ago, so I ran out of that excuse. Um, but I think their biggest problem is just settling for jump shots or settling for contested twos that probably they shouldn't settle for. Um, they only attempt uh, their like bottom. I can't remember the exact number for free throws a game, but they're like bottom bottom third in the country in free throws per game. So they really settle for jump shots. Um, with all those negatives being said, <laughs> I think that Iowa State definitely beats Ohio State here because I'm counting on them to play like they played in the Big 12. Um, I think they have better players at almost every single position. I think the bodies they can run at Caleb Wesson and Jacobson and then off the bench, Cam Lard and George Condit. Um, it takes away the threat of foul trouble, kind of, because if one of those guys gets in trouble, the next one can come in and they really fill similar roles. Jacobson's definitely the best all-around player of the three, um, but Cam Lar is probably the better defender of the three. And Condon is just long and a freak. 
Um, so they they're all pose different threats to Caleb Wesson, and that's definitely the best and most important player on um, Ohio State. So I think they can limit him pretty well. And then just assuming that one of these guys can get their offense to keep going here, um, I think Tyrese Halliburton needs to take a lot more shots down the stretch because he's a knockdown three-point shooter. I think Wigington and uh, Shayak have to make plays for other people, and Taylor Horton Tucker needs to stop freaking hoisting threes for no reason. Uh, <laughs> is, he, the- is he still in the 20s? No, he's up to 31, thank God, but he's shooting a boatload of them. Yeah. How many on the year? 156. Uh, not as many as I thought, but still a ton. Yeah, well, it's 19 less than Shayok, who's leading the Big 12 in scoring and making threes at 39%, or at least close to leading the Big 12. Yeah. And he's taking 45 more than Halliburton, who's shooting 44%. So yeah. just stop shooting. That's what I have to say. Um, so for me, I think Tyrese Halliburton is the best pro prospect on that team, but that's, that's another topic. Um, (laughs) but it's this, this matchup's really interesting and it makes it very difficult to make a pick. Um, they're very similar teams in the way that their lineups are constructed. So they both have a, a big center, um, and then really just, Surround, surround them with wings. Um, Iowa State's got a little bit bigger at each position, but essentially all play the same, similar way. And I think Andre Weston um, being able to play on Shayok is going to be a key determinant, determinant in like who's going to win this game. Um, because if he can hold Shayok to single-digit scoring... Um, Iowa State's going to struggle. Uh, so I don't know how this, this matchup really ends, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Ken Palm and you with Iowa State squeaking this one out. Yeah, just give me one more chance with them. I'm telling you, when they let us down, I'm really off the bandwagon, but I, there's just so much talent and so much ability, I feel like. like. I really, truly believe that I could see this team in the Final Four, and I really, truly believe they could break everyone's heart and lose either this game or the next game. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think they're going to be a little bit, uh, I think they're going to be locked in a little bit more just because I think they feel kind of cheated that they won the big 10 or big 12 and still ended up as a six seed and end up in a, quite the bracket. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to trust in them. I'm going to, I'm going to go completely against my head even though I think they still win this game and think that they're going to put on a pretty good performance here in this Midwest region. Yeah. Um, so that brings us to Northeastern versus Kansas. So let's, let's hear your thoughts on Kansas. All right. So the next uh, inconsistent Big 12 team, uh, <laughs> <guys are> nuts. <laughs> um, they fit the same, the same mold as Iowa State, except shockingly they have less talent. Um, they've... Really, really been crushed by the loss of Azubuki and then the dismissal kind of, I guess. I don't know if that's an official dismissal or not, but LeGerald Vick's not going to join the team this year, and I, he's a senior, so he's not coming back anyways. But he, all intents and purposes, kicked off the team. Um, so And, and uh, Akbaji has really stopped making threes. He, he started out like some ridiculous percentage, like 50 or 60% through his first 30 or 40 threes. Now he's down to 30% with 72 threes attempted. Uh, so his offense is kind of re- regressed to the mean. Um, luckily for them, Devon Dotson and Quentin Grimes have 
picked it up big time down the stretch. Um, Tavon Dotson had a stretch like 10 games where I thought he was the best point guard in the country. Came back to earth a little bit there, but he's still been a lot better than I thought he would be at this point in time. Really tough for a freshman point guard to start at Kansas. That doesn't happen very often. Uh, and he's really taken that by storm. Um, doesn't turn it over too much, as much as a freshman usually does at least. Uh, and his assist rate's pretty good too. So um, like we've said how many times now, the key to this team is Quentin Grimes making jump shots because outside of him, they really don't have a shooter. Um, Diedrich Lawson's probably made the most outside those guys. Garrett's not a consistent threat from outside. If any threat whatsoever, he's got Ben Simmons type game. He doesn't even look at the hoop out there. Um, and they're, they're now going with McCormick as their starting center um, to bring in someone like Azubuki and just bring in more size, uh, which is helping Diedrich Lawson again because he's he doesn't have to uh, like lock the paint down anymore uh, and he has more, more free reign to kind of play the player that, be the player that he is and handle the ball out by the free throw line, step out, knock down threes every now and again. Um, so I think. Their defense is pretty good just because I think they have a lot of good individual defensive players. Uh, but I think they need to play better team defense and help each other out a little bit more, which I think Bill Self's a good coach. I think this team is going to take a step forward just because it's tournament time. Um, I don't think they're poised for a too deep of a run, but just looking down the bracket a little bit, if they can get to the Sweet 16, they're playing in Kansas City. So that's huge for them. Um, in terms of numbers offensively, they really don't do anything too great. Um, they, they're pretty much an isolation style of scoring, uh, kind of find the matchup and, and attack it, which is mostly Dietrich Lawson, uh, just giving him the ball and let him make a play for himself. And then if he gets double, kick it out and find an open shooter, and hopefully they can either knock it down or attack the hoop from there. Um, and defensively, uh, same thing, nothing great, but overall they're a good team defense, like I said. They're 15th in uh, defense efficiency so um, they force long possessions and and force the offense to work the ball around and try to find a good shot um, so, so I think that's a, a pretty big perk in March just making other teams use a lot of the clock and work, really work for a shot because there's a lot of teams that aren't gonna be poised enough to go through that whole 25 to 30 seconds of a shot clock and try to find a shot um, so yeah that's my speed on Kansas yeah no I I, for, I think I'm much higher on Kansas than a lot of people are. I mean, they still have Dedrick Lawson, the, one of the best players in the country. They still have Devon Dotson, like you said, probably a top 10 point guard in the country. Um, and Quentin Grimes is coming to what he so, was supposed to be. So, I mean, having three studs like that, um, plus really solid guys like McCormick, Garrett, um, and Akbaji, they, like, these guys are... It's a really good team. Um, but with Northeastern, the, the thing to know about them is they're a great shooting team, um, very similar to, to Wofford, not quite as high, um, but they are still shooting 39% from three. Uh, do really good job at scoring inside the paint, around the rim, uh, very efficient offensively. Uh, then you get to the defensive side of the ball, and they're absolutely horrendous. Um <laughs> They teams are shooting fifty three percent from two point land from against them. Um, so basically, if they're getting the ball, they're scoring. Uh, it's just and, and then they're a terrible, terrible rebounding team. So two things that you can't be going against Kansas 
is a bad defensive team and a bad rebounding team. So this has strangely been a huge upset pick. Um, and I get why on the surface level, looking at Kansas, they've been struggling, lost a bunch of guys. Um, they didn't win the Big 12 this year, first time um, since Zach was born. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so I, I get looking at it, and then you got Northeastern, who's just um, like just a crazy knockdown shooting team, uh, and you think that's going to win, but um, their inability to rebound is going to kill them. Um, and Kansas is much more athletic. Northeastern isn't isn't that big. Uh, really just have um, Anthony Green, who's 6'10", and then that's really it. I mean, most of the guys are 6'6 or shorter. So going to really lose the size battle, and the fact that they can't rebound as it is um, is going to be tough for them to survive against Kansas. So I think this is uh, Kansas all the way. Yeah, I mean, on the surface, you can look at it and see Northeastern and Kansas trading a lot of threes for twos and hope that Northeastern can just outscore them. I do think this will be a pretty high-scoring game. Um, I think, like, the first team to 80 is going to win it. I think Kansas is in for a battle for at least the half, um, but I think once things settle down and Northeastern kind of regresses and starts coming back down to earth, um, I don't think – I think they have to make, like, something like 14, 15 threes to win this game. And while they definitely could do that, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, and I think Kansas is going to beat them. Like I said, Kansas defense is better than I think I even expected looking at them overall and numbers-wise and everything. Um, and guys like Marcus Garrett and uh, and Agbaji are really good defenders. And you have someone like David McCormick to protect the rim and – Lightfoot when he comes in. KJ Lawson's another long athletic defender off the bench. So um, they have plenty of guys to defend. And Devon Dotson's another good point, a freshman point guard that's just, I don't, this freshman class of point guards is all really good defenders. It's been wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, yeah. I got Kansas here too. Yeah. And JJ Bray is not walking through those doors for Northeastern. So he went to Northeastern? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I would have never got that one. They're only like, what the, where did that come <laughs> The only pro ever from Northeastern. Good for them. <laughs> um, so that bumps us up to the five twelve matchup. Um I mean, pick an upset somewhere here, fellas. <laughs> he tried to, but I shut it down. <laughs> yeah, um, you sucker. <laughs> go back and pick Georgia State or something. Yeah. Um so Auburn is playing against um New Mexico State, right? Yep. All right, so let's hear about New Mexico State. All right, so um, another pretty trendy upset pick just because New Mexico State won 30 games. Oh, let me get my bear uh, fact of the week here. <laughs> um, I remembered finally. Uh, I got to find it. Oh, New Mexico State, um, since they moved to the WAC, which is obviously the conference center now, um, they're 0-8 in first-round games, losing by an average of 12.5 points per game, and they're only 2-6 and six against the spread. Um, so I remember last year in New Mexico State, I want to say they were a 12, they might have been a 13, but they played Clemson in, I think it was also the Midwest region, um, and they were a very trendy upset pick and got absolutely hammered. <laughs> uh, and Clemson... Uh, last year was a really good three-point shooting team and not as good as Auburn is this year, but similar style, like super athletic, uh, quick, fast-paced game where 
they got out and ran and, and found open looks and shot a lot of threes and made a lot of threes. Um, New Mexico State, the best thing they do by far and away is rebound. They're top, uh, they're eighth in the country offensively and fourth in the country defensively. So tons of rebounds, really, really good protecting the protecting from the paint, rebounding, limiting second chances. Um, offensively, they shoot not great. They're just pretty pretty average from three, um, but very efficient from inside the three point line. Uh, and they get to the free throw line a decent amount, but they miss a whole lot of them. Um, so I think. I think New Mexico State is better this year than they were last year. Um, I will say that for sure. Their best game, their best teams that they played this year uh, are St. Mary's, Kansas, and that's really it. We're really stretching for any other ones. Uh, and they lost to Kansas by three, and they lost to St. Mary's by 15. Um, neither of those teams plays anywhere near the style Auburn plays. Uh, I won't ran in your parade too much, but Auburn to me is just like Iowa State in that they can go to the Final Four, they can lose in the first round. I don't think New Mexico State has the team. I don't think that's the matchup that Auburn is fearing. Um, they allow 33% from three for their opponents, so um, below or better than average, but still that's like if Auburn shoots 33%, they're going to be shooting probably somewhere around 33s. Um, so if they make 10 of them, they're going to win the game, I think. The one thing I will say, the, defensively, um, they're actually – they hold their opponents to the least amount of assists per field goals made in the country. New Mexico State does. Um, so, obviously, we're talking about lots of isolation basketball in order to score against them. Um, I think that's going to be interesting in this game because a lot of – points come from either dribble penetration and uh, kickouts or offensive rebounds and kickouts. Um, they will take the occasional fast break dribble pull up three. I say occasional. They take a lot more than they should. But um, they, I think the way that they play is going to be interesting to see if they can still get that many good open looks from the three-point line um, with New Mexico State really, really being good at, at forcing you to to hold the ball and dribble and make a play on your own rather than get your teammates involved. Well, if Auburn plays the way they did against Tennessee in the SEC championship, New Mexico State... They're beating anybody. Yeah, New Mexico State loses by 50. Um, I, I Also, just just a quick pause. We just went 2-2 two and two in our uh, first pick, so 2-0. Um, and, yeah, we're starting off pretty hot here, so we're going <laughs> to probably lose the next 63 or whatever there are left. But other than that thing... Are going great. Yeah, as long as we start undefeated with multiple. No joke. Games. I think those are the first two, first four games I've ever won. <laughs> I know I'm awful at the first four. <laughs> I, I, I'm picking 11 seed to go to the Sweet 16, and it's always the opposite 11 seed that wins. <laughs> um, All right. Anyways, back to Auburn. Yeah, back to Auburn. So I'm much higher on Auburn than than you, and I think a lot of people. Um, one because Austin Wiley's back and playing um, extremely well. Yep. He, they uh, were struggling as a defensive rebounding team um, without him, but now that he's back, um, he's an absolute monster on the glass. He grabs a quarter of the defensive rebounds um, when he's on the floor. So um, absolute monster impact player um, for them, getting him back. And the back, the front court of Austin Wiley and Chuma Kiki is so dynamic. Uh, Wiley just really eats up the 
the paint um, can finish around the rim, and then Okiki has been really hot from three as of late, um, shooting 38% on the year. Uh, he's just a very dynamic scorer and has good quickness and really good size. So the, the combination of those two um, is going to overwhelm New Mexico State. And then, obviously, the the one of the best backcourts in the country with uh, Jared Harper and Bryce Brown. Um, Jared Harper's assist rate up to 33%. So just about a third of his passes are going for assist, um, which is insane. And then guys like Anthony McLemore, um, Malik Dunbar, Doherty, um, those guys are just perfect complement players. Uh, and for me, uh, I really like this complete offering team now with Austin Wiley um, in the lineup. I just I, I think that's too much for New Mexico State to handle um, because I mean New Mexico State's one advantage is rebounding, and with those with him back, uh, I think that's a wash. Yeah, and uh, Auburn is a they're a different rebounding team. Like they just have dudes that there's a different version of crashing crashing the glass. They like a break the glass. They really 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 go hard at the backboard. Um, Talking about like, like a, uh, the guy that sticks out to me is Okiki. He's just a freak getting to the rim and, and attacking the glass and getting putbacks. Yeah, he tries um, to pop the ball when he grabs it. Yeah, it's it's really ridiculous how hard he goes at, at the rim. But um, yeah, I'm with you. I think Auburn's going to win the game. Um, I I beginning of the year I really liked Auburn. I saw them against Duke and Maui. I really liked them. But they're going to be a good team all year. And then they sputtered like pretty much the whole rest of the year. Um, and then really picked it back up again in the SEC tournament. So I'm hoping we, we keep that version of them um, and they continue. Again, I called this region, I can't remember what I said exactly, but it's like a hand grenade. There's teams in here that are really, really good. Auburn and Iowa State mostly are the ones that stick out to me. And even Houston that aren't going to get a whole lot of love because there's going to be a lot of Kentucky and a lot of UNC. And those three teams are loaded with talent. And if they put some, some consistent games together, there's not many teams in the country that are going to want to play them. There's not many teams that can beat them either. So this is, this to me is the most frustrating region, just because there's so much that could possibly happen, and you just have to try to figure out what is exactly going to happen. Yeah, uh, but Auburn I think is the most dangerous team um, in this region, outside of the UNC Kentucky, uh, simply because they're they've won the past uh, eight games against really good talent um, and playing really good brand of basketball. So um, I think they're the definitely the, the most dangerous team, uh, but they could also, their flame could burn out at any point. So uh be interesting to see how they, how they match up. But um, let's jump to the 8-9 matchup of uh, Washington versus Utah State. All right, so I have the, the 8 seed in Utah State here, uh, winners of the Mountain West. Got to win that without facing Nevada, which I think is pretty important. Um, they're coming off, let me see here really quick, uh, seven. So 10 straight wins, really solid coming into the tournament. Um, this is, I think, a good matchup for them. Um, Washington is kind of going the opposite direction, struggling getting into the tournament. Very surprised they got a nine seed because I think a lot of people thought Oregon was going to jump them and Washington was going to go down to the last four in. Um, but they were rewarded by their, their solid performance to begin the year. So when you think of Utah State, 
two guys you think of are Sam Merrill, who's definitely their best player. Um, really can do it all. He's like a, I guess you can call him a small forward. He's probably more of a shooting guard in real life, but can make plays for other people, can really shoot it. Um, very, very efficient. He's, his offensive rating is 124.9, which is almost top 50 in the country. It's 52nd. Um, very, very efficient. Um, and then the other guy is Nimias Kita, who's a freshman big guy. Um, drawn a lot of attention from NBA scouts recently and pretty much most of this year. Um, a guy that I think is his potential is crazy just because he he's very, very good already for a guy that um, hasn't had a ton of basketball experience and hasn't played in a bunch of big games. Um, but he's had good games really pretty much every game down the stretch right here. Um, his his 10-game stretch of their 10-game winning streak has probably been his best basketball. Um, he's a guy that's much more comfortable around the rim, doesn't really have a face game yet. Um, he's actually 2 of 5 from 3 this year, but he's a guy that definitely wants to catch the ball around the block, um, drop step, or make a quick quick move, uh, one dribble type of score. Um, his biggest problem for me and for this team is he's he's – susceptible to foul trouble uh, and when he goes out they suffer just because obviously being losing your second best player is tough um, but I think as a team this Utah State team is is built for a pretty solid march um, they don't do anything super well offensively they're just overall efficient uh, they take good care of the basketball they move the ball around and they find the best shot most often um, they shoot a pretty well from the free throw line and they have a ton of assists they're um 62 percent of their field goals are assists on which is top 10 in the country and a staggering number for college um i think for me i think this is a pretty obvious game i think utah state's significantly better than washington washington's biggest thing is um their ability to rebound i think offensive uh, offensively and get second chances uh, i think that um they struggle sometimes in their initial offense because they don't take the best shots. And Utah State is fifth in the country in defensive rebounding, and they're fourth in the country in uh, two-point field goal defense. So um, a team that doesn't shoot it well from three in Washington is going to have a hard time, I think, scoring against uh, Utah State. And I really like Utah State in this game. Yeah, um, definitely those two guys are really what lead Utah State. Um, Sam Merrill's been really good this season. I think he's, what, averaging like 21 a game. Yeah. But for me, I, I really like Washington. Um, they've had kind of a strange season. Started off really slow. Um, got absolutely smoked by Auburn uh, in the second game of the year. Um, but then played Gonzaga really tough, only losing by two at Gonzaga. Um, so... They have the capability, they have the talent, they have the Pac-12 player of the year, Jalen um, Noel. Noel. Um, so he's been very dynamic all year long, being able to shoot from three, shooting 44% from three um, with a 21% assist rate. So being able to score and, and make plays for others. Um, and then Noah, Noah Dickerson, um, they're big. Gets to the line a ton. Um, he's second in the nation in getting to the free throw line. Uh, and knocks him at a decent rate for a big. I mean, he's shooting 69%, but um, he shot over 200 for the year. So gets to the free throw line a lot. Um, 
And then my favorite player on Washington, Matthias Dybul, um, a.k.a. Robert Covington. Um, uh-huh. He uh, just broke Gary Payton's Pac-12 steals record. Um, is an unbelievable defender. Uh, can really shut you down. Has good size at 6'5", so his matchup against Sam um, Merrill is going to be really important. Um, because he's going to pick you up right at half court. Um, and for someone like Sam Merrill, it's going to be tough for him to get going because his quick hands, he jumps the passing lane before you can get the ball. Um, so they're going to have to run him off a ton of screens to get him any sort of offense going. Um, so I think this Washington team matches up pretty well um, with Utah State because I think Noah Dickerson, um, despite how much I love Kata. I think he's better than him right now um, because he's a senior. Um, he's been there. He's played through a lot of big games uh, and has got a lot more size than Kata. Kata's a little, a little thin. Um, so I think I think this might be another disagreement we have here uh, because Washington has literally the exact same team as last year. They have 91% minutes continuity. So 91% of their minutes last year is coming back, um, which is first in the country. So, I mean, they've played together. They know what they're doing. Um, they turn people over. They're fourth best at that. Um, and, and they play a really slow game. So I, I just think Washington matches up really well with Utah State. Um, and I don't think Utah State has seen a defense the way um, Washington plays defense. Um, so I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, and I, I do think Washington sneaks it out. Yeah, I mean, I think Thibel is obviously a great defender. Um, and I think that Jalen Noel winning Pac-12 Player of the Year is very deserving, and Washington has plenty. But um, I'm not as worried just because, obviously, Washington plays the zone and the Syracuse zone um, from with Mike Hopkins there. But... Um, so I I just think that the the shooting ability of Utah State as a whole, um, and the I think Sam Merrill's the type of player that could just destroy his zone, and I think Keita is a nice player to to get putbacks against the zone and also catch around the foul line, knock down a free throw line jumper, or uh, I don't know, post up and draw attention to it, and then to himself and then kick it out for a wide open three. Um, so if if Washington played man-to-man and Thibel locked into Sam Merrill and guarding the whole game, then I think it would be a little different for me. But the fact that that doesn't happen and that Sam Merrill's last uh, last lot of games, <laughs> he's got 24, 22, 23, 38, 29, 32. Um, so he's feeling it right about now. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, we might still disagree, but Utah State's like one of my strongest picks. I feel like in this in this bracket. Yeah, I, um, I'll go. We can with, disagree. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Utah State here, but I, I do think that they they do go to man um, and really put thigh ball um, to just face guard Sam Merrill and say you four beat us. Um, so. We'll see how – I mean, it's going to be a close game no matter what. It's going to come down to the last possession. But um, Ken Palm has Utah State winning by two. Um, 
I think I have it the other way around, but we'll go with Utah State. All right. <laughs> Next time we'll flip a coin. <laughs> yeah. So that brings us to the last first-round matchup of UNC um, against Iona. Um, a barn burner here. Yeah, so I won't spend too much time on that UNC, but... Um, Good, save, save me more time for Iona. <laughs> yeah, but UNC plays up and down. Um, Kobe White, one of the fastest guys in the, in the country. I'm um, going to try to get the ball, make or miss, going to try to beat you down the floor, um, and then really have shooters all around with Garrison Brooks really um, covering up the middle. Uh, but this UNC team's really good. They're playing really well. Um, had a tough loss against Duke, but... Um, Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> I, said, I, said that, I said they beat Duke twice this year. Um, no, there's an asterisk. I can't hear you over the asterisk. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, this this team's going to roll through Iona. Sorry, I'm still thinking about that. Kobe White missed shot at the end of the game. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> This, I think this game will be pretty fun just because Iona plays uh, a really fast tempo and obviously North Carolina does as well. Um, this game's going to be up and down. Uh, it's it's going to be fun to watch, I promise. Iona has no shot in hell to win the game, but it's going to be like, like I think UNC is going to score in the 100s to 110, and I think Iona is going to probably score in the 80s to 90s. Um, so if you if you like scoring, definitely watch it. Uh, it's going to be like an all-star game, I think, kind of in the, in the college level, so... Um, like I said, Iona's not going to win the game. Um, their de- defense is atrocious. I think they're one of the only teams in the tournament where their defensive efficiency is worse than their offensive efficiency, um, and that's a really, really bad thing when you play North Carolina. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a ton of points, but I don't think Iona's ever close. Um, so we'll just go back down the same way. So UNC would be playing. Washington, I mean, Utah State. Um, huh? So, um, another interesting matchup, but again, I think... I can't wait till Utah State beats them and goes to the Sweet 16, and then you're going to be like, oh, but I have Washington. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Um, because, again, uh, I think Colby White's going to be one of the best players on the floor. Uh, definitely the best point guard. And then... The way Cam Johnson has been playing lately, the way he's been shooting the ball, I mean, he's almost at 50% from three, which is basically all he does offensively. Um, so the fact that they have that out there uh, with great length. Uh, and then Luke May has been dominating Zion Williamson um, and company. Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. You're lucky I was paying attention right there. <laughs> Could not let that one slide by me. Um but no, I mean honestly, Luke May has been playing playing pretty good basketball, um, and guys okay, like Clay Thompson. <laughs> um, but guys like Kenny Williams really steady the ship. Um, Garrison Brooks, and then Nas Little hasn't had the best uh, season, especially late. Um, but I th- still think he has a solid game against Utah State and. Um, shows why he was a five-star recruit. I, I just think UNC has too much to throw at uh, Utah State for them to keep up. Yeah, everything you said, plus Kenny Williams is um, 
he's not Trey Jones. He's not Zion Williamson. But outside those two guys and DeAndre Hunter, he's the best defender in the ACC. Uh, and that's saying a lot because those three guys I mentioned, other than Kenny Williams, are all three of the best defenders in the entire nation, not just the NCAA, or not just the ACC. Uh, Kenny Williams is behind DeAndre Hunter. He's the best wing defender in college, I think, and maybe Jared Culver. Um, but uh, he's going to be able to guard Sam Merrill and. Even if he needs quick break, which I doubt because he's a freak, uh, Cam Johnson will be able to, to hold his own for a few minutes. Um, Cam Johnson I is like probably my favorite UNC player ever, which says a lot because I hate the majority of UNC players. Uh, it's a guy transferred from Pittsburgh that I would have killed for Maryland to get. I would have loved for Duke to have. Um, he's an absolute freak. His shooting ability is insane. Uh, I would like to see him develop a little bit more and be able to put the ball on the ground and get to a, uh, like a free throw line pull up and get to the hoop a little bit more. Um, I think that will come, but he's very special, especially in college. Um, and then, I mean, I think Luke May's a little overrated, but there's no doubt that he's had tons of success in college. Uh, he can get a shot kind of whenever, and he shoots it pretty much every time he gets it, and he's able to score quite a bit, uh, especially with a smaller smaller guy on him, which I think he'll have in this Utah State game. He'll, he'll do pretty well there. Um, and they just, like you said, have too much. So North Carolina, I think, gets this one pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, then that drops us down to um, Auburn playing against uh, Kansas in what I think will be a really entertaining game. Um, for me, it's going to come down to what Auburn team shows up um, because I think Kansas is going to be pretty consistent in all their games to play. Uh, Besides Quentin Grimes, he's someone who's very volatile. He can be um, the best player on the floor or be non-existent. So it um, really comes down to him. And then if Auburn's able to rebound the ball defensively because Kansas has great size um, with Diedrich Lawson and David McCormick, um, how Austin Wiley and Nokiki match up with those guys on the defensive glass is going to be huge. Um, and then, obviously, if if Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, um, Doherty, those kind of guys are, are knocking down shots, then I think Auburn wins this one. Yeah, so who do you think? You think Okiki is the main defender on uh, T.J. Clawson? Yeah, I think he has to be. Um, Okiki's their most athletic big. Um, he plays very good defense as it is. Can get lost a little bit off ball. Um, struggles at times against the pick and roll, um, but he makes up with it with his athleticism and having Austin Wiley behind him, because uh, McCormick isn't going to be stretching the floor too much. Uh, I think will help him in the pick and roll game, uh, but it's important that because Dedrick Lawson likes to set screens and pop to the top of the key, um, that he can get to that. So um, I think Okiki definitely guards Dedrick Lawson. Um, also, sorry, I missed it, but did, did you say Auburn or Kansas? Auburn. All right. So, um, I'm in the same boat. I think Auburn is the, uh, I think this matchup is just tough for Kansas. I don't think they're necessarily the better team, but, um, I think, I think we've seen with Diedrich Lawson in the past that, uh, if you can send athletes at him and can get to him quick and just force him to think and slow down his moves, um, I think he struggles a little bit. Like you look at games like the Texas game, Kentucky, 
um, Arizona State, even though he had good games in those games, the team overall struggled just because he wasn't entirely himself. Uh, and I think he's the calming presence that that team needs. So I think he's pretty important. Um, and I think like guys like Okiki, even I think we could see Wiley on him from time to time, uh, which I think will force Lawson out to the perimeter. And I think nine times out of ten, Bruce Pearl will love him to take a three as opposed to make a move on the block. Um, and I think even if he does get hot, Auburn's going to be able to send a ton of doubles because pretty much the only person you're not going to double off of is Quentin Grimes. And if Quentin Grimes starts cold, you still constantly might be able to double off him. Uh, so I think it's just a really bad matchup for, for Kansas. Um, luckily, I think Kansas will be able to keep themselves in the game just with their defense uh, and their athletes just contesting uh, a lot of threes taken, obviously, by Auburn. But I have Auburn in this game also. Yeah, and I can even see Anthony McLemore having some time on, on Dietrich Lawson. I mean, Lawson isn't that tall. I think he's 6'9", maybe a little bit shorter than that. Um, so just the amount of guys that Auburn can throw at him. Um, it's going to make life tough for Kansas. Um, so um, we have Auburn moving on. So that would bring us to Iowa State-Houston, um, which is another interesting matchup. Um, I think Houston just has a lot of firepower offensively. Um, again, obviously starts with Corey Davis, um, but guys like Armani Brooks um, shooting the ball really well and shooting a ton of threes. Um, shooting 39% from three. Um, tends to hit a lot of big shots, a lot of momentum killers. Or, um, they're up by six points and he hits a big three and kind of puts it away. Uh, so I really like Imani Brooks there. And then having guys like Nate Hinton, Cedric Alley, um, even though they're freshmen, I think they're, they've been really solid and steady for, for Houston. Um so I, I like Houston in this matchup because you never know where you're getting from Ohio, Iowa State, but Houston has been consistent all year. Dude, how hard is it not to say Ohio State every time? Because I, I say it every single time. <laughs> it really is. And it's not even close. The words aren't close. There's no letters even the same except for the I and the O, but not in any order. That's Anyways, um, yeah, I think – so like I said earlier, Iowa State can take some really bad shots and – Houston's the type of team that's going to force them into those bad shots. And I can see Iowa State getting really frustrated and just start chucking up some really questionable decisions. Um, so just that's really all I have in this game. I think Iowa State is the better team, the more talented team. Uh, but they, I think, are too volatile. And I think Houston's defense and their ability to just absolutely bother everything Iowa State does is going to cause serious problems for them. Um, and I think Houston scores enough, uh, and, and I think Corey Davis makes enough shots to, to win this game. Um, the one opportunity Iowa State has in this game is their defense, because when they're locked in, they're pretty good. Um, so if they can make it really tough, and if Shayok can really, really bother Corey Davis, that would be huge. Um, I don't even know if he's going to guard him, just because that's their offense, and if you get him tired out by guarding Corey Davis, it might be a long day on the other end, too. Um, but that's their one chance to stay in this game. Uh, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be competitive. And, and I think there's just going to be a lot of bad shots by Iowa State on the stretch. And I think Houston hangs on. Yeah, and another thing is that Houston starts a really small lineup uh, really quick. Um, they don't give up 
offensive rebounds that easily either with the small lineup because of their effort, their strength. Um, so I think it's going to be difficult for Jacobson to be playing a lot. Um, even Horton Tucker, I think he's going to struggle a little bit. He kind of has some slow feet at times. Um, and if he's guarding a guy like Nate Hinton, who can get right by him, um, it's going to be a long day for him. So That kid's so good. Yeah, I know. He's And Giroux, too. They they have a lot more than just Corey Davis. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why, like, I know Corey Davis leads in scoring, takes the most shots, but that's why I say they play team balls because they have so many guys that can get hot and really uh, lead the team in scoring or uh, be, be a vital part to their um, to them winning the game. So, um, But, yeah, we, we have Houston with that one. So that brings us to Wofford versus – um, Kentucky. Um, so again, Seton uh, Hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Wofford's a team that just, again, shoots the ball incredibly well, uh, and is going to be an interesting matchup against Kentucky. Uh, they kind of match up pretty well, like size wise. Um, Keeve and Cam, Cam Jackson are very similar to PJ Washington and Reed Travis. Um, Keeve Aluma is like, Big, solid um, forward, not going to shoot a three. Uh, he has one attempt on the year. Um, plays a similar style to Reed Travis. And then um, Cameron Jackson is very similar to how uh, P.J. Washington plays. So those two um, are going to match up pretty well. And then it's going to come down to if Ashton Higgins can d- dictate the tempo, really run their offense. Um, and be some sort of threat offensively because Wofford can really defend. Um, and if they're going to force him to shoot, um, it's gonna, it can be a tough game for Kentucky. Um, so it's going to all depend on if Kentucky can get out to shooters um, and cut that off and then really get into their offense. So um, I'm not sure who I'm winning this game yet. So for me, this is the game that Kentucky's down 8 or 10 at halftime and the world starts on fire and no one has any idea what's happening. And then they come out in the second half and hold Wofford to like 15, 20 points. Not, maybe not that dramatic, like 20, 25 points. And they score 40 or 50 and end up winning by close to double digits. Um, I think they're going to struggle initially with the way Wofford plays. I think they're going to have a hard time locking in and truly staying connected to Fletcher McGee and then containing guys like Cam Jackson. Um, But I think in the end, they have enough athletes and enough talent to just uh, overwhelm Wofford. Um, I think that the the key would be Keldon Johnson offensively, because I think, you know, what you're going to get from Reed Travis, you know, what you're going to get from PJ. I think they both have good games, Um, but to, to play on both ends and, take over I think Kelvin Johnson needs to have a big game um, because he's going to be the the defender that can help out and be ready to switch screens and pay attention to Fletcher McGee while also covering Cam Jackson uh, and I think Ashton Higgins doesn't have a great game but I think he just controls himself not even the tempo not the game nothing but just doesn't let himself make too many bad plays that just keeps them uh, above water, and I think they barely survived this one uh, and have a, a true scare in the first half and then get it together. Yeah, I think this is going to be a repeat of the first matchup between Auburn and 
Kentucky. Uh, Auburn and Wofford play a very similar style of basketball. So um, Kentucky won by two against Auburn. Um, so I, I I think it's closer to a, a single-digit game than a double-digit. But um, either way, it's going to be a really entertaining game. And can easily see Wofford winning this one. But uh, I'm going to go with Kentucky here. All right, so now we have, what, Kentucky and Houston and North Carolina and Auburn? Auburn. Yep. Yeah. All right, so Kentucky-Houston. Um, this is a game that I circled before, like, going through the bracket as a potential potential fun game to watch. Um, I think Houston gives Kentucky everything they could handle and more. Um, I don't think this would be a game Calipari would be very excited to play, uh, mostly because if they survive it, they're going to survive it with many, many bruises, and they're going to remember that they played Houston. Um, I think the guards of Houston are the type of guys that have no care in the world with that jersey across from them says Kentucky. They're about to just go out and show Kentucky that they're the better team. Um, I don't think they're the better team, but I know for a fact Houston will believe that and will play that way. Uh, I think Jarreau has a massive game. I think Corey Davis has a big game. I think Hinton makes shots, um, but I still have to stick to my gut and and continue what I picked at the beginning of the year and go with Kentucky. Um, I just it's just something about this team. I think they make enough plays when it matters, um, and I think PJ and and Keldon continue their steps forward. I think Tyler Hero comes up big and makes a lot of shots. Uh, it's just for me, it's just Kentucky's size. With PJ and Reed Travis and their athleticism, there's really maybe outside Gonzaga, and I don't even think Gonzaga has the, the true size that Kentucky has. I don't think there's another team in the country with two bigs that are that athletic and that capable of doing everything offensively and everything defensively. Um, and I, I think that's something that just completely sets Kentucky over the top. Uh, they do need Ashton Higgins to just be just be average. He doesn't have to be great. He just has to defend and not turn the ball over. Um, and, and not take bad shots, and they'll be fine. I think they just somehow make enough plays in this game to squeak it out. Again, this is more of a gut pick because I think Houston comes with just an absolute hammer and gives Kentucky everything they want, but uh, I think Kentucky just barely makes enough plays. Yeah, and it sucks because I think Houston beats three out of the four two seeds um, in this NCAA tournament. Um, just unfortunately, they matched up with the one team that I think has a little too much size and skill. Um, I just, Houston, I think, will be winning a majority of this game. And then Kentucky will go on that run um, where they really get the crowd into it. They get themselves into it. The bench is really into it. Um, and once they hit that run, um, Houston won't have any answers for it. So, um, unfortunately... Um, I think Kentucky wins this game because I really do like watching Houston play. Um, but yeah, so we'll go up to Auburn UNC. So another very interesting matchup. Yeah, so um, I think these teams are very similar. I think Auburn is, uh, they're a little different from UNC in that they shoot more threes and they, uh, I think their shot selection is a little bit worse. Um, they both love to push the tempo. They both play pretty aggressive, uh, like physical defense. They 
I think they have very similar styles, styles, but um, I think this would be a good game to kind of break down position by position. But overall, uh, I think North Carolina is just better. Um, I think Jared Harper is better is a better point guard than Kobe White would be in this game. Kobe really struggled against Ashton Higgins, uh, and I think Jared Harper has a lot of the same attributes defensively. He's very quick hands, very quick feet, and just a complete pest. Very annoying to play against. Um, and then offensively, I think Jared Harper can give Kobe White a lot of problems. Uh, and then I think Bryce Brown, uh, his shot selection is questionable at times for me, but um, he's going to have a hard time with, with Kenny Williams guarding him in this game. So uh, the, the positions where Auburn really wins this game, I think, are in, in the bigs, and Austin Wiley needs to have a big game. Okiki needs to dominate the glass. Uh, he needs to really bother Luke May and just attack everywhere on the glass. Um, but I don't think Auburn has an answer for Cam Johnson. Uh, and I think North Carolina is just too much in the end and wins this game. Yeah, I'm very close to picking Auburn here. Um, no, pick Carolina and say they're going to win by 100 and then River shanks it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just... The way Auburn played in the SEC championship, the way they played in the last basically 10 games this season, um, makes them out to be an extremely dangerous team. And I said it earlier, um, but like I said, the combination of Kiki um, and Wiley with uh, Mac Lamore also in that front court, um, that's a lot of size, a lot of athleticism, um, a lot of strength. These guys are big dudes um, and really can... Uh, rebound the ball, but also defend. Uh, and, it, and it worries me that it's Cam Johnson, Luke May, and Garrison Brooks against those three. Um, because honestly, I think I pick all three Auburn's guys um, if I'm just individual picking players. So um, that that kind of worries me because if Kobe White doesn't play well, if he turns the ball over, which he's prone to, um, North Carolina's in a lot of trouble. And it could get as ugly as last year against Texas A&M. Um, but with that being said, I, I do think North Carolina does enough to, to win this game. But I'm not confident in, in this pick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at So the best example of Kobe White struggling and North Carolina struggling in the same manner would be against Kentucky with Ashton Higgins. And like I said, Higgins and Harbor are very similar. Kobe White had no answer for anything. He was not ready for that uh, defensive intensity, and North Carolina couldn't really get into anything. Um, with that being said, the reason Kentucky won that game is part because of Ashton Higgins, but also because P.J. and uh, Reed dominated the paint in that game and just had a field day. Um, they didn't score as many points as I thought they would, but they controlled every aspect of the paint. Um, and I think that Auburn will bother Kobe White, but I don't know that they have that other piece to go over the top like Kentucky did. Uh, so I think Carolina's ability to defend and Kenny Williams' ability to lock down. Honestly, I'm wondering if they put Kenny Williams on Jared Harper or even Cam Johnson on Jared Harper and then Kenny Williams on Bryce Brown. But uh, I think they try to avoid Kobe White on those guys at all costs. And I, I just think North Carolina has just a little bit too much for Auburn. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be a fun game either way. Um, but that leads us to a 1-2 matchup in the Elite Eight. Um, North, Carolina versus Shocker. <laughs> North Carolina versus Kentucky. Again, a rematch from earlier in the season. 
um, where Kentucky um, had the upper hand there. Um, what was the final of that one? It was uh, 80-72. Uh, Kentucky won um, on a neutral site. So um, I think it's going to be a similar type of game. Uh, I like the um, revenge factor, um, but I do think Kentucky, like last time, has too much size to bother um, North Carolina's guards. Uh, call it push them into turnovers, which um, leads to Kentucky getting out, and that's when they're the most dangerous. So I have Kentucky winning this one. Yeah, everything in my brain is telling me that I should pick North Carolina. Um, like you said, revenge factor, and I think they're going in a little bit different direction than Kentucky. I don't think Kentucky's going backward by any means, but I think North Carolina's taking a massive, massive step forward. Um, and interestingly, these they're two teams that I have future bets on, so I'd love for one of these teams to get to the championship game. But um, I think that I think Kentucky has too much talent, and if they play their best game, they're better than Carolina, and they would beat Carolina. Again, I'm worried that Ashton Higgins doesn't play his best game in this game, um, which would really hurt Kentucky's chances because I do think that everyone would need to play at least their B-plus game, if not their A game, in order to beat Carolina in this game. Um, so, for sake of agreeing, and I think there's a likelihood that it happens also, I'll go with Kentucky as well, but this is one of the hardest picks for me in this bracket this year. I, I mean, I think this entire region is the toughest. Um, <laughs> well, this region's tough for me because I don't know what I'm getting out of a lot of the teams, but these two teams, I pretty much know the teams that are going to show up. It's just that they're so good, and so, like I could easily see each one of them beating the other, that I think this is as close to a coin flip as you can get. Yeah, I mean, imagine thinking halfway through the season that these teams, one through six, were all going to be in the same region. I mean, I right. said no way. Like No one's going to be less than a four seed. Um and they all end up in the same region. So uh, it's just the reason why picking the tournament is so difficult is because you don't know what team's going to show up. So um, this has been a difficult bracket, but our difficult region. But um, I do think ultimately Kentucky comes out of it. Um, there's a lot of dark horses that can come out of this. I honestly think one through seven can really make a run. Um, even Washington, not Utah State. I don't know. <laughs> hey, if they knock off uh, North Carolina in the second round, they're going to be my second favorite team. So, <laughs> um, But, yeah, I mean, that, that wraps up the Midwest. We have one last region. Um, we have Virginia's region in the south. Um, so we'll put up, put together an entire bracket for you. Um, but, I got a lot of fun facts about Virginia's region, too, so get ready for those. Don't forget them. Yeah, well, that's going to be the problem. <laughs> but if I say it out loud that I have them now, I'll have to hold myself accountable. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that, that wraps up this one. Um, well, probably part two and three are going to come out at the same time, and then four will come out probably tomorrow as well. So um, stay tuned for those, and uh, let us know what you think. But uh, here's DJ Zenus.
straight to the point, we can skip the conversation. Sorry if I'm blunt, but your boy kind of fake. Just need a chick to throw it back when I'm lazy. Love it or hate it, doing my two steps. Looking fresh from the shoes to the crews. Man, it ain't had to yet. Make a run before we run out. Party all night till the sun's out. Hack weed over with basics. Got the cups lined up in the basement. Party hard till the cops show up. Get out on the floor. All I want to know, can we turn this thing out?